Welcome to Wisdom Wednesday, brought to you by Aging Wisdom, where we share weekly bite-sized insights on aging well, caring well, and living well. Well, let's talk a little bit about transformations. So, you know, you get to know a client, you get to know what brings them joy, you learn maybe about things that they put on hold when they were raising a family and they were in a career, busy as a volunteer doing important things. And then something happens and things just have to slow down, maybe pause a little bit. But it's also like you were saying, it's an opportunity. What are some improvements or some transformations you've witnessed in your work when you've kind of tuned into that person and then found a way to bring that joy back into their life? Yeah, I think transformation happens when someone feels safe and seen and heard. And when people are recognized as who they are rather than what they're living with or a diagnosis they've been given, that's when people really bloom. And I think in the throes of of an initial diagnosis often, that's the focus and it's the medical side. And like we've talked about, it's the almost negative side of so much. Yeah. So being able to tap back into who they are and what they love to do or love to do in the past is when that, that transformation happens in my experience. And so often it's something as simple as, you know, recognizing a client was an engineer and he, oh, okay, he's good with numbers. He's good at math. He enjoys all of this. But what he really loved to do was when he tutored kids. So you wouldn't know that when you just hear engineer, right? Like, (laughs) and so recognizing, wow, you really loved to be around kids and feel like you're mentoring them or, you know, you're a positive in their life. And being able to connect them with a child again or kids again. In this particular case, it was a girl who was working on her bat mitzvah project and she and this person really connected. And this person went from kind of being a little gruff and a little like every day is the same and, you know, feeling like they're just moving through the motions to asking when this child is coming and being excited about what they're working on and just having a smile throughout their day because they felt important again and they felt needed and they didn't feel like a burden. And that transformation, just the butterfly effect, you know, it rippled through his life. And it was something as simple as being able to work with youth again and be a positive influence for them. Wow. I kept hearing purpose woven throughout that, too. And I can only imagine the impact that had on that girl, too. Sometimes what we're really missing in relationship is just one-on-one time. Yeah. It's so valuable. You know, we can go to a concert and be in a big room filled with hundreds, if not thousands of other people, but then here's two people connected with intention And something, like you said, transformation takes place. That's really beautiful. I think about, too, just sometimes the the real simple things that we often overlook the value of. And a story you shared with me that still stays with me, even though this isn't 
with your work now, but I know it informs a lot of the work that you do is there was a resident at the assisted living community that you worked at that was living with some cognitive impairment and that you had a coworker who took a lot of pride in that, oh, she orders the same thing every day, so I don't give her a menu. Yeah. <laughs> and on one hand, yes, that seems like a very respectful, honoring thing, but I'd like you to talk a little bit more about what you witnessed and experienced and how you helped kind of change that dining room experience for that resident. Yeah, recognizing that the staff in that situation wanted to meet their needs and wanted to make the experience easy and and feel like this resident, oh, they know me, they know what I like. But in turn, what actually happened was that that was taking away an opportunity for that resident to have a choice in something and maintain some dignity of being served a menu in a setting where their neighbors were also getting menus. And even if, you know, sometimes too many choices can feel overwhelming. And so even if that menu just has two choices or you give them the menu and you say, tonight's special is, you know, the fish. And I know you love that. But letting them have that opportunity to have the choice. And often in a setting like assisted living, the dining room is one of the last places they have options and choices that they can make for themselves. Yes, they have the choice to get out of bed. Yes, they have the choice to go to an activity or not. But all of those things are provided for them. So getting that choice at dinner and even outside of assisted living, often as someone at a restaurant, going out to a restaurant with someone with some cognitive impairment, you want to make that seamless, right? And you want to make it smooth and not stress anyone out. But we're very quick to take away those choices. And and that's empowering to be able to say yes or no to something. That's a great example. It's really beautiful. But again, like you said, I think we do that. We do it from a loving place, but yet not realizing the impact it actually has. Yeah, it's often, you know, good intention. Yeah. Thank you. Well, speaking of that, again, I know this is very much your heart as a care manager is that whole space of, you know, recognizing autonomy, personhood, a person's sense of self-determination, and being able to make those choices. People living with Alzheimer's disease or another dementia should be allowed to exercise their remaining capacities for choice and consistent with their cultural expectations, just as we were talking, and denying this free exercise challenges their independence and dignity. Of course, we have an obligation to protect a person with dementia from seriously harmful consequences, but it's equally important to respect his or her competent decisions. So I know that personal autonomy when it comes to our clients is deeply important to you. Can we talk a little bit about that? And your experiences with autonomy and why you feel it needs to be respected, encouraged, and choices need to be offered. And how do you advocate and persevere on behalf of a client's right to autonomy? Just kind of curious how, I think sometimes that's not something that families necessarily know. That's part of our role as advocates. Yes, definitely. And When someone's diagnosed with a cognitive impairment, it's not unusual for others to step in and start taking over decision-making. 
But personhood doesn't go away as dementia progresses, right? So, yeah. so much is done for residents in a long-term care setting that choices are often slowly and subtly taken away. But it's often done at the expense of an individual making personal choice and expressing preferences. I think as we discussed, it's often from a place of love and caring and you don't want to upset someone. You don't want to rock the boat too much, you know, but like we said, it's empowering to be able to own your choices and own your decision-making for those systems, those support systems, it can also feel stressful to have to take that time. Often as things progress, people's thought processes might be a little slower. And that's just not what we're used to as a society. We are in a rush and it takes a lot to kind of take a step and slow down. And so it feels easier to make those decisions for people you're going to order this, you're going to go here today, but we're taking away a sense of dignity for people to be able to make those choices for themselves. It just might take a little bit longer for them to decide what it is. Honoring that people still have opinions and they still have choices, you know, they've lived their whole life making them. (laughs) That's a good point. You know, I think of that, I'll just use my father or my grandmother as an example. And it's like, This is a person filled with history and experiences and, yes, and I mean millions of decisions in the course of a lifetime. And when it comes right down to it, it may take minutes rather than seconds. So it really isn't that much longer. But you make a really excellent point. We really do live in a culture of speed and, you know, make up your mind, let's go, let's go. And... There's really some beauty, I find, in just slowing down and pausing and maybe restructuring choices in such a way that maybe you give two choices and the two choices you give are two that you know mom's going to really like. She loves lasagna and she loves spaghetti with meatballs. So yes, still present the menu, but maybe point out on the menu, mom, they have that lasagna you love, and they also have the spaghetti with meatballs. Do one of those sound really good to you? And then just pause and let her answer. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that's also part of it is sometimes it does take some pre-planning, but If we're rushing through things to make it feel easier, then maybe pre-planning a little bit to not have to rush is what is necessary. And thinking ahead just a little bit, like you said, of, oh, they've got two of these things you love, and she still gets to hold the menu and look like everyone else at the table. You know, no one really likes to stand out. Well, okay, some do, but (laughs) this is true. (laughs) And we honor them too. If they're our clients, we know that. We respect that. Right. But just honoring who the person is and a little pre-planning and knowing, okay, let's not make the server stand at our table while mom takes a few minutes to decide that. So we'll let them know, you know, could you come back in a few minutes? And then we focus on mom right now and her getting to make that choice. Excellent. Well, and I think too, I mean, if we're talking about 
something like a restaurant. So many restaurants have their menus posted online too. So you can peruse it. Or if it's a family favorite restaurant, you kind of already know what, you know, mom or dad's favorite dish is beforehand. But yeah, just narrowing them then and just kind of reframing the opportunity and, uh, but keeping things as, as normal as possible too. Like you said, if you've gone to this family favorite restaurant for years, probably that person has been able to order what they wanted for years. And now you going and ordering for them also doesn't feel typical. So that's further change for them. So just being able to keep things in line with what they know and what they've experienced is helpful to a smoother experience overall. Yeah. And I know that I hear this when I join all of you in care management meetings, just the power of being patient, the power of being persistent. (laughs) 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 Oh, and just, again, the power of a deep breath, just the pause, just the pause. What a gift that can be. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another Wisdom Wednesday. In the meantime, visit our website at agingwisdom.com where you'll find more resources to help you navigate options for aging, caring, and living well.